You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Hello, South Bay Church, and Merry Christmas. As you can see, I'm standing by a creek here in uh, beautiful Colorado. I'm up in Evergreen, which is the city that uh, Dessa grew up in. We're at her parents' home celebrating uh, the holiday with her family and our family and uh, just having a great time. I hope you had an awesome time yesterday uh, with your family. Uh, Today we're meeting in house churches and so this video uh, on our YouTube channel is for you to be able to to gather with those that uh, are around you on this day, the day after Christmas, and uh, celebrate our Lord together in worship and uh, communion. So we're going to have a few songs and then uh, I will come back and uh, lead us in some thoughts from Luke 2 uh, and we'll have communion together and uh, just have a great time. Bye. 
Hey man, I love Christmas songs. You know, it's only the day after Christmas, so we can still sing them. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe yesterday as you were opening presents as a family, there was one particular gift that you just couldn't wait to see the person open because you put a lot of time and a lot of effort into this gift. You knew it was just perfect. You knew they were going to love it. And there was just this anticipation because you knew the joy that it would bring. That's what we're talking about today uh, with this idea of euangelion or uh, the gospel as we know the word. Uh, the gospel is good news. It's a good news announcement. And it's, it's a Greek word that carries this idea that uh, it, it's something that's so good that you just can't wait to deliver it. Uh, that's the idea. And uh, the word appears twice in one verse in Luke, 9, uh, Luke 2, verse 10. And so we're going to uh, read, read the kind of surrounding passage and then dig into verse 10 today. So uh, read with me here in Luke 2 if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bible. Uh, the, the, the familiar uh, passage this time of year. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own towns to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. We saw that in the video last week. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So there's a lot here, a lot we could talk about, a lot we do talk about at Christmas time. Uh, but I want to especially focus in on verse 10, where it says, The angel told them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news of great joy for all the people. So this word, euangelion, it appears twice here. What's translated, I bring, that's the, the word uh, or form of that word. And then uh, again, when he says good news, uh, euangelion, that's again that same word. So I bring and good news in our English are both the same Greek word. And we're going to watch a video a little bit later that explains a little bit more about that word. But it, it's, a, it's a compound word of two Greek words. You, E-U, is good. 
uh, and then uh, angelion um, is, is where we get the word angel from. You'll see that in, in this word. It's a messenger or an announcer or announcement. And so the idea is that good news is being announced. Good news is being uh, brought about. It's like this news you can't wait to tell someone because you know it's going to bring them such pleasure. It's going to bring them such incredible joy. You just can't wait to tell them. And maybe that's happened in your life before where you had some good news that the other person didn't know yet. Maybe they had gotten the job they were hoping they would get. Maybe they had won this prize they were hoping they might win. Or, or, or maybe, you know, uh, it, it was telling your spouse that, that you're pregnant. It, was, uh, it would ha always, ha of course, have to be the, the wife telling the husband uh, that, that she's pregnant. You know, something like that. But this is, I just can't wait to see the look on his or her face. That's this idea. And, and so the angel says, I bring you good news of, that will cause great joy for all people. So we're going to talk about those three things. First of all, we've already been talking about it, but good news. There is no news like Jesus. There is no better message than the message of Jesus and the kingdom of God and his reign. There is no more important announcement than this announcement this angel is making at this time in human history. I mean, think about it. Of all the billions of years that the universe has existed, tens of thousands of years that there's been human culture, in this one moment in time, you know, this is the most significant announcement ever to be made, and it's made to these ordinary nobodies in a field you know at night in the middle of the night and when everybody else is sleeping in their in their warm beds you know here's here's a, this couple that's struggling having a child in a in a feeding you know placing the child in a feeding trough uh, where the animals are staying and here's these shepherds who are uh, you know they're having to work all night long because they're shepherds and that's just the nature of the business I mean isn't that a crazy way that God chose to enter the world and yet it's it's heaven breaking into earth it's God saying, I'm, I'm here to, be, to show every person on earth, no matter who you are, what your social status is, or what you think you have, or what you think you don't have, God is here to relate to you and to say, I'm with you, and, and I, I know what life is like, and, and I'm bringing you this kingdom that's going to turn all these other value systems on their heads. It's good news. It's, there's no better news than this news. Why is Jesus good news for you? Think about that for a minute. Even if you've been around a long time, you can start to forget that Jesus is good news. Why is Jesus good news in your life? To me, it shows me that God sees and He knows and He cares. It shows me that He's entered our world and He knows everything that I go through. Uh, what Any kind of suffering I might endure, He's gone through worse or He knows what it's like. Uh, to me, it's good. He's good news because He promises an eternal future. He promises real meaning. Uh, to me, he's good news because he brings this heavenly kingdom, as I talked about, that, that the values of the world, I don't have to keep up with the values of the world. I don't have to have what, what they have, you know, that, that everybody else is striving to have. I don't have to have that. That doesn't bring joy anyway. Uh, he's good news to me because he, he reminds me that there will be justice that the oppressed will be heard, that things will be set right. Even when things in life are not fair or there's injustice or there's things in the world that are, um, are just messed up and they could make you angry or bitter or frustrated, uh, Jesus reminds me that it's not always going to be that way. Jesus brings a different kind of reality and a different value system. And, and more personally, Jesus is good news because my sins can be forgiven. 
You know, not only at the day I got baptized a long time ago, back in 1988, but today, as I stand here today, my sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus. That's an amazing, amazing thing. And it's good news that I will get to go to heaven. And I will get a new resurrected body. And I will get to dwell with God's people forever. That is incredible, incredible news. The God of the universe has entered humanity and given his creation a message. A message that's good news. We have to be reminded of that because sometimes we can start to think that you know, what we're doing in the South Bay Church or, you know, inviting people to church or, uh, you know, uh, trying to get your friend maybe to study the Bible or, or talking, you know, having a spiritual conversation with your mom or your sister or your, or, or your brother or, you know, we can start to think that, you know, it, it's bad news or, or we're trying to pressure people or trying to sell something or we're trying to get people to do something that maybe they don't want to do to come to church with us or read the Bible. And a lot of times they don't want, they don't want to come to church or they don't want to read the Bible or, or they don't want to change their lives. And, and so that can start to make us forget this is good news. It, it, it's something that everyone wants, even if they don't know they want it. Everyone wants to belong. Everyone wants to be, uh, to be known. Everyone wants to, to feel okay about themselves. Everyone wants to have a secure future. Everyone wants to not have to be blown around by the challenges of, of life, but know that they have eternal security and eternal hope. It's, it's good news, and it's of great joy. It, it brings great joy. Number two. You know, the book of Luke, Luke uh, is writing this here, and the book of Acts is, is one unified work. He wrote them both. Uh, you know, scholars debate over if he wrote one and then wrote the other immediately or if there was a time that passed in between or if they were meant to be one volume. Uh, they've always, uh, through, through Christian history, been two volumes, two separate books, but they're really one unified act. One refers to the other. Um, and, and this message of good news, of great joy for all people is really woven throughout both Luke and Acts. And you see just everyday people encountering the kingdom, encountering Jesus, and being filled with great joy. And you see the disciples constantly, you know, these moments in, in the storyline being filled with incredible joy. At one point in, in, in Luke 10, they, they are going out and they're preaching this message of the kingdom, and it's having impact. Lives are being changed. Uh, people are being healed. Uh, they, they say that even demons, we see demons fall at the name of Jesus. And they return with incredible joy to Jesus and saying, Jesus, even the demons submit to us in your name. This is incredible. And Jesus tells them something interesting. He says, don't be filled with joy. Don't rejoice. Don't be filled with joy about you know, the effect that you're seeing. But be filled with joy about your identity in Christ. That you, your names are written in the book of life. Uh, you can look that up on your own in Luke 10. It's a great passage. And then it says, Jesus himself, filled with joy through the Holy Spirit. He lifts his, his face to heaven. He says, Father, I praise you that these things are hidden from the, the most prestigious, most powerful men on earth, and they're, they're revealed to little children. They're revealed to little children. I love how the, the chosen, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe uh, put a commercial out there for the chosen every week until you guys start to listen to me, those of you who aren't watching it yet. I talked to uh, Pat Toomey. He's going to do a special uh, pressure campaign to get you to watch the chosen here at one of our Sundays coming up. Anyway, I love how the chosen, they chose, they, they add some things that are not in the scripture just to, 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 to just dream a little bit, to have ideas. But it starts with this really cool episode that's just Jesus and kids. The whole episode is just Jesus and little children. 
And so it reminds me of that passage that, uh, that, that, that little children get it. Little children get that love and, and joy and harmony and you know, they get the, the principles of the kingdom and then we unlearn those in the world and in all the things that the world teaches us and we have to be reminded again. Jesus says unless you change and become like little children you won't enter the kingdom of God because it's, it's something different. Again, it's a different value system. Anyway, that's Luke 10. Uh, I got to move quicker here but there's, there's other passages during the triumphal entry uh, in Luke 19 uh, the disciples are filled with joy. Luke 24 when they see the risen Jesus it says they're filled with joy. Uh, later in Acts, uh, in Acts 13, when they're on mission and they're, they're preaching the gospel, and even when they're persecuted in Acts 13, it says the disciples were filled with great joy because of the significance of the good news. Uh, and it's good news that brings joy to everybody. And in Luke 16, um, it's a great story of, of one person and his conversion and, and the way his whole family was impacted by that. It's a story of this, uh, of a Gentile, a Philippian jailer, a, a jailer in the, in the city of Philippi, who, he, you know, he has put Paul and Barnabas in prison for preaching the word or, you know, supposedly causing unrest. Um, you, you can read it. There was a slave girl that was annoying Paul, and so he... he, he cast a demon out of her. She was annoy, annoying him because she kept prophesying that and, and telling everyone that, that these people are telling you the truth. Anyway, you just read it on your own. It's an interesting story. And, uh, but, but God even uses Paul's annoyance to bring about a, a conversion here. So it gives me hope that even, even just through ups and downs of life, God could still be working. But anyway, Paul and Barnabas end up in prison, and they're uh, singing songs at, in the midnight hour, even though they've been beaten, and they're in stocks. They're singing songs to God, and there's this earthquake, and all of the shackles fall off of all the prisoners. The, the Philippian jailer is terrified because he thinks, okay, now he's going to be tortured by the Romans because all of these... Uh, uh, convicts are going to, or all these, these uh, imprisoned individuals are going to escape. And so he's about to kill himself. It says he drew his sword, was about to kill himself. Paul and Barnabas say, don't kill yourself, don't hurt yourself. We're still here, everybody's still here. And then it, it's like this moment, and this happens uh, in our time as well. When, when, when Sometimes when you have a life and death situation or you, you face an incredible crisis in your life, it just reminds you of what's really important. It just reminds you that you need God. And so it's, it's like at that moment, he, he goes, oh my gosh, what do I do to be saved, guys? I know you're been, you've been teaching this message of salvation. That's what the, the slave girl who had the demon was telling everybody. Tell me, what is this message of salvation? And so it says that that very night, hour of the night, they, they preached the gospel to him and uh, preached about Jesus. And then here in verse uh, 33, Acts 16, it says, At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And immediately he and all his household were baptized, even there in the middle of the night. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before him. He was filled, set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. I share that story because that's a story that's repeated again and again and again in the book of Acts. And it's repeated again and again and again in our time. The gospel brings joy to people. The gospel fills people's hearts with joy. Why? Because they realize that there's hope that they can be transformed. There's hope for conquering sin in their lives. There's hope for, for renewed relationships with others and with God. For reconciliation with God and with others when it seemed like there was no hope. Even though this guy, you know, he might lose his life now, he has eternal hope. He has eternal 
faith in God, and he was filled with joy. I love baptism. I love seeing Renee Zarita baptized last Sunday. For those of you who weren't able to see it or to be there, here's a few pictures of her baptism. And it was just so encouraging to see her make Jesus Lord of her life and to see Aiden make Jesus Lord of his life a, a, a couple of weeks earlier. We need more of that. We want to see more households like the Philippian jailer brought to Christ through the message of the gospel. And uh, so for you today, the gospel is good news for you that will bring great joy to your life. If you are, uh, have not yet become a disciple, the gospel is good news to you because it means that you can start over. All of your sins can be forgiven and wiped away. You can have a clean slate. It doesn't matter how much you think you've wrecked up your life or how far you think you are from God. There is hope for you just like there was hope for the Philippian jailer. Uh, the gospel brings good news of great joy uh, for those who maybe are younger Christians who are, may, might be struggling, struggling in their faith. Uh, maybe you feel like somebody in the church has let you down. Maybe you had a certain anticipation of how things would be after you became a Christian and it's been maybe harder than you anticipated. The gospel is still good news for you. Uh, the, it's, it's a long road. It's a, it's a difficult journey, but God is with you. The Holy Spirit is there to guide you and you've got brothers and sisters along the way. Uh, just get real, get open with somebody about the struggles you're going through and, and be reminded it's good news of great joy for you. You can have a fresh start today. And for older disciples, I think sometimes our focus can get off and get on to just other things and we forget uh, who we are. We forget our identity. We forget where we've come from. And we've got to be reminded that the struggle is worth it. Uh, that we got to keep on staying t strong in, in, in the faith and growing and being renewed day by day through our walk with God, through our daily walk with God, staying connected to the body, staying connected to other disciples in, in the faith. And, uh, and, and there, we can always have new beginnings. Every day can be a new start, even as an old Christian. Uh, and that's good news of great joy. So I'm kind of talking about it already, but the third thing is it's for all people. No matter who you are, it's good news of great joy for all people. Are you convinced that everyone needs Jesus? You know, I think sometimes we, we think, oh, some people need Jesus. I don't know, that person at my work, that person on my neighborhood, or maybe you think they need Jesus, but there's no way that person would respond to Jesus. You know? we, we rule people out. And yet the gospel, is, the, 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 the gospel is for everybody. It's for everyone. It's for sinners. Jesus said, I have not, called the, I've not come to call the righteous. I've come to call sinners to repent. And, uh, and really, we're all sinners. So if somebody thinks they're righteous, they, they're just out of touch, right? The gospel is for all people. And so I think we've got to be reminded, especially, uh, you know, the holidays, we might get a little into ourselves or whatever, just to, to look up, to look around, to, to just be, be reminded that there are open people all around us. Uh, that, and to pass this announcement on to others, to be an angel to others, right? To be a messenger to others, a, an angel, just like this angel, bringing this message, delivering this message. That word, uh, euangelion, it's the same word. It's been anglicized or turned into English to give us our word evangelize, evangelism. It's that same word. It's good news, bringing good news to others. And, you know, that word evangelism, when you hear that word, it's kind of gotten a, a bad rap now, you know, and, and uh, you might not like that word. It might, you might think about pressure or you might think about uh, trying to sell something or trying to convince somebody of something that 
they don't want to do or coercing people or something or you know that that kind of in our society there's this view of evangelists you know that that is a negative one they think of televangelists if 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 i tell somebody i'm an evangelist you know sometimes they have that 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 idea in their mind you know the the jimmy swaggarts of the world or the the you know there's all these uh uh money uh, there's always a you know some some uh, thing where they steal money from people or whatever. That's kind of the picture people have in their minds. And yet that's not what the gospel message is meant to be. It's, it's, a, it's a message from ordinary people to ordinary people, passing along this message, just like these shepherds. So they go, they see this, they see it, and it says they, they went, and everywhere they went, they're just telling other people, everybody needs to know about this. And everybody that heard was amazed and wanted to, to share in this. Unfortunately, in surveys that are done of young people today, uh, when people think of Christians, especially younger people, millennials or Generation Z, when they think of, of Christians, uh, they think of people who are uh, judgmental. They think of people who are, uh, are not practicing what they preach. They think of hypocrites. Uh, they think of people who show signs of hatred or, or you know, bigotry. And uh, that is not at all the Christian message, is it? The Christian message is one that this is good news of great joy for all people. And I'm not saying that we should compromise on sin. I'm not saying uh, that we should compromise on, on, on sexual ethic or on, uh, on our commitment. Jesus certainly didn't compromise on those things. But think about him and his ministry for a minute. Who, who was he around? Who, who was it that, that, that he was spending time with and, and eating with and, and, and he was known as a, a friend of these people. Wasn't it the sinners, the tax collectors, the, the, the prostitutes, the party crowd, the people who religion had left behind, the people who, uh, you know, kind of didn't, they were like, wait a minute, why are you hanging out with me, right? That, that's who Jesus was around and so our, our, our message has to be one for everybody. Our, our, our posture has to be one of love and of, uh, uh, you know, of, of connect, connecting with all kinds of people. People who are nothing like Jesus liked Jesus because of, of his approach. And who was it that, that uh, rejected him? It was the religious people. It was the establishment. It was the organized religion of his day. And so, you know... Maybe it's not that bad a thing that young people today don't like organized religion. Uh, maybe, you know, that's kind of in line with the time of Jesus, right? Maybe it's not that bad that, that people, uh, young, young people, millennials or Generation Z, think, think oh, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with church. That, because they, they don't know what, what Jesus is really all about. And, and Jesus, thankfully, uh, when you talk to young people, when you talk to Generation Z or, uh, or, or millennials, they, they, they think Jesus is amazing. And they might not understand who he really was or what he really uh, claimed or um, what he really expected. And so that's where uh, getting to know who Jesus really was is, is, a, is an incredible, amazing journey and an adventure of, of finding out who this incredible person is. And so, you know, I want to remind you that this is for everyone. There is no news like Jesus. There is no better message there is no more important announcement. And so think about how God can use you to, to help those around you to know the gospel. Maybe inviting others to, to church, inviting them to read the Bible with you, to watch The Chosen together and discuss it. But connecting people to this incredible message that's good news of great joy for all people. I'm going to put some discussion questions on the screen here, and you can pause the video and, and talk as a group. 
for a little bit, uh, whoever is gathered there together. And then uh, we're going to watch a video uh, about, again, this idea, this, this euangelion, uh, what that word means, and then uh, that will segue into communion. I'll, I'll come back and pray for communion together. And then after you have a time of communion, I encourage you to have someone there uh, within your household pray for our weekly offering and uh, maybe any prayer requests that you have as a community. Uh, just use that as a time to pray together uh, for that. And uh, it's been great being with you. Let's uh, have a time of discussion, and then uh, I will come back and pray for communion after the video. If you know any Christians, or if you happen to be one, you've probably heard the word gospel as a kind of summary of Christian belief, connected to phrases like, God loves you, or Jesus died for your sins. But over time, religious words like gospel can lose their power and meaning by becoming too familiar. So, let's take a moment to rediscover what this important word, gospel, meant to the people who wrote the Bible. Gospel translates the Old Testament Hebrew verb, biser, and the noun, besorah. The Greek New Testament equivalent is euangelion, which is a compound word. Eu means good, and angelion means announcement. All of these words mean good news, but what kind of news? Well, in Hebrew, Beser is what we might call national news, or a royal announcement. Like when King David hears a messenger, Beser, that his army was victorious in battle. That means he still rules on his throne over the people of Israel. And after David dies, his throne is passed on to Solomon, his son. And when he was inaugurated as king in Jerusalem, a herald spreads the Besorah, that a new ruler is in charge. But after Solomon's death came a bunch of bad news kings, whose corruption led their nation into self-destruction. This is why the prophet Isaiah announced the good news that one day the God of Israel would come as the cosmic king to confront all corrupt and violent kingdoms and restore his rule over all nations. And so, when Jesus of Nazareth hit the public stage, he continued Isaiah's gospel when he went around announcing the euangelion of God's kingdom. Jesus claimed that God was restoring his reign over his people Israel and over all nations, and he was the one bringing it all about. Now, the euangelion about a new king in charge means a new way of life. Jesus said that living in God's kingdom meant following him by putting down the sword and seeking peace through radical forgiveness and generosity even toward your enemies. His good news required people to make a decision. This is why Jesus took his euangelion to Jerusalem to confront the corrupt and violent kingdoms of his day. But he challenged them in a surprising way with the power of God's generous love. As Jesus was being executed by his enemies, he received his crown and was mocked as a fake king. But he displayed true royal authority by forgiving his tormentors. Jesus was the one in charge that day, giving his life for the sins of others. And then, a few days later, everything changed. Jesus rose from the dead as the true king, whose love is stronger than death. He appeared to hundreds of his followers and told them to spread the euangelion, that all authority in heaven and earth now belongs to him. And they did share this good news all over the ancient world. They did it by writing the four accounts of Jesus' life that are the gospel. That is, they tell the story of how Jesus brought God's kingdom, how he lived for others and died for their sins, and then was raised from the dead. Jesus' followers also shared the good news by simply talking about it. This is why Peter and Paul, or Priscilla and Aquila, traveled all around sharing the royal announcement. 
While it might look like the rulers of our world are in charge and can do whatever they want, the good news is that the crucified and risen Jesus is the true Lord of the world, the real king of all creation. And in Jesus' kingdom, things are different. It's where the real leaders are the servants, because the last are first, and the first go to the back of the line. It's where the hungry are fed and the homeless are welcome, because love is the most powerful reality of God's kingdom. And this good news is not easy to believe. It actually sounds kind of crazy when you first hear it. But something happens when people tell the story of Jesus and start living like he really is the king of the world. That's when this gospel becomes the best news that you've ever heard. Let's pray. God, I just want to thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for him coming to this earth in the way that he did. Thank you for the way that he lived his life. Uh, thank you that the message of Jesus is good news of great joy for all people. And help us to be reminded of that today, deep down in our hearts, deep down in our souls, God, to remember the foundation on which we stand. And it's good stuff. It's, it's joyful stuff. It is incredible to be a disciple and a follower of Christ. Uh, thank you for the reminder as well of, of his body and his blood given for us that makes it possible to be in heaven forever, that makes it possible to have all our sins forgiven, uh, that your grace uh, comes through the body and blood of Jesus. Thank you for this time and remembering that as we take communion together, the bread and the wine. Bless this time of remembrance and reflection. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sure.
listening to the South Bay Church podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.